Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Ooh, 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 ooh. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello. Noah, you're super loud in my ears, but now I'm turning you down. How are you? Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, good week, good... Um, What's what's after Easter? You can wear white again. Is that after Easter? I think that's Labor Day or Memorial no, Day. No, but you can't wait wear it after Labor Day. But I think you can start wearing white at at Easter. I don't think there are any rules. It's a, you could always wear white. Yeah, you you really can. Um, I'm glad we cleared that up. So Noah, between you and me, I watched um, something that I did. I, I, you know that I don't like to watch myself on things. Um, it's like the worst thing uh, that I can imagine is seeing something. You know what? I don't mind watching myself on something that's like a year old, but anything sooner than that or over that, I can't. It's such a weird thing for me. Anyway, I watched the documentary, the Netflix documentary, Hysterical which um, is now on Hulu for anyone who has Hulu. It was on FX. It premiered the other night, uh, like three nights ago. It's on FX On Demand. That's how I watched it. Okay, so for if you have On Demand, that. FX On Demand, or you can get it on Hulu um, right now, which is where I watched it. And, oh, my God. First of all, I didn't finish it yet, but I'm taking my time. It's so freaking good. It's a documentary about female stand-ups. And if you're listening to this podcast, you like female stand-ups. Just admit it to yourself. Um, we're kind of the best. And and I and I really do mean that. Like, I think female stand-ups, they're always my favorite stand-ups. Um, and yeah, there are shitty ones out there. I'm not going to lie. There's really bad female stand-ups. But uh, the, my favorite stand-ups are, are women. And, um, and all of them were featured in this documentary. It follows. It's really cool how they, you saw it. 
Noah. Yeah. And you wrote me a really nice message about it that I got today. I don't know when you said it, but sometimes I get things late. Um, and it was so nice. I was getting a lot of messages. What forced me to watch it because I usually don't like watching things was that I was getting a lot of messages from people being like, Nikki, I love you. Nikki, thank you. Nikki, are you okay? Nikki, we're worried about it. Like all these like you made me cry and like a lot of stuff. Lorraine Newman, who was one of the first SNL, I think she was on the first cast of SNL. Um, she and I are Twitter friends and she just DM'd me, Nikki, I love you so much. Like period, period, you know? And I was like, what prompted this? And she's like, hysterical. And I'm like, oh dear, I haven't even seen it yet. And she's like, you were so vulnerable. I forget what she said, but it was, so I watched it. Um, and I, like I said, I'm only, I think 45 minutes in and my own story made me cry. <laughs> Doesn't that feel like another life? And by cry, I mean like tear up a little bit. Well, the interview does feel like another life cause it was right before the pandemic hit. Like, I think it was like end of January, maybe February when I filmed all my, the stuff for it. Um, and then but in terms of like, I didn't know what I had said. I don't even remember the interview really. Like I remember it was good and I'm just like always honest. So it's just like, oh, okay, whatever they asked me, I guess I gave them an answer. Like it wasn't that much different than stuff I talk about on podcasts. But like when then that story is taken and there's clips from my childhood and pictures from me as a kid and somber music behind it and zooming in on like sad photos. And it's just about... I was talking about how I like, you know, never felt uh, like I didn't feel like I was pretty enough. And it's just like very heartbreaking. And um, but it's 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 interesting, though, because my story wasn't unique. Like every, they so they follow me, Judy Gold, Margaret Cho, Rachel Feinstein, um, uh, Carmen Lynch, Kelly Bachman. Uh, who Eliza? else? Eliza Schlesinger. Wanda Sykes is in it, I think, a bit. A body McFarlane, I, Jessica Kirsten. Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard is so good. Yeah. And there uh, there might be others in it too, but um, a fortune femester. It takes us through what we were like as little girls. We all found stand-up and felt like a lightning bolt, which I thought was really interesting. We all had the same story of like, I did it once and I just, and I just knew. You know, and, it, and I always thought that that was kind of like a cheesy story that I had when I first found it was like a love at first sight with like a pas passion. Um, and but it was it was a pretty universal feeling. And all these girls felt less than and silenced and, you know, a lot of the same reasons that ma men are drawn to it, too. I think feeling like you're not good enough. I mean, I know Andrew is drawn to stand up because he was very tiny and was kind of bullied. He was the only Jewish kid in his like Christian school, like feeling like an other, which women, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us. And oftentimes maybe we feel more, well, I, I don't know. I, I think men and women have very similar experience, but then it's getting into the trauma of like what trauma we've had in our lives and um, the sexism in the business. And I have wrongly always been one to say it's no different because here's the thing. It isn't different because I don't know the male experience. So I've always felt like this is just the way it is. Like I didn't learn empathy until like six years ago. So I didn't understand that like other people, I I'm constantly trying to teach my parents empathy because it's a hard thing to learn if you don't have it. And it seems so easy and everyone thinks they have empathy, but like I've told this anecdote before but my dad will be like we'll be at a restaurant and he'd be like I would never just leave our table like that if I was a waitress or whatever that is you know like or like I would never um it will be like at a drive-through I mean if I was I would never have uh, of, of just handed off the drink or like thrown the change like that or whatever it is and I go well um you're also not a black teenager in 2021 like does that make sense that like maybe her life leading up to this moment where she was rude to you or like didn't give you what you wanted was different than your life in Cincinnati in 1962 as a little boy. Like that maybe, and people always go, people always um, get mad at people where they go, like your trauma is no excuse for how you behave. Cause a lot of people are turned into terrible people because of their trauma, right? Like childhood trauma, 
even a adulthood trauma. They they take it and they want to hurt everyone in the same way. And some people take that same trauma. Let's talk about a rape. Let's talk about a molestation. Let's be abuse of any kind, and they do the opposite and they want to do the opposite with it. Whether you do the opposite with it or whether you inflict more abuse, you can't say you can't say if you're one of those people that goes out and goes, I was abused as a child, so I am kind to everyone now. You lucked out that that is how you process your trauma. The person that goes out and is mean to everyone and is abusive didn't choose to process their trauma that way. That's just how they are. There's no free will. I don't want to get into it, but we need to have empathy all the way down the line, I believe. My point is I never considered that other women might have a different experience than me in stand up. And I was a, I just thought I could speak for all women and say, oh, it's fine. I've never had anything happen. But as I'm listening to all these stories being told, I'm like, yeah, that's happened. That's happened. That's happened. That's happened. And I loved that they focused on the fact that there's this whole like, Every woman is supposed to just be in stand up is supposed to be like, bring women in, support other female stand ups, uh, shine a light on other female stand ups when really, and there's a room enough for all of us. No, there fucking isn't. This myth that there's room for all of us is perpetuated by men. Like, who's, who, who's, why are they saying that? It's not, it's like the same as women who have, uh, are body positive when they really hate their bodies just because that's what you're supposed to say. There, there isn't room for all of us. People still don't have enough women in things. There's still lineups on comedy shows with one woman. There's st- this hasn't changed. And although I do love showcasing new stand-up, f- female stand-ups, because they are my favorite stand-ups, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys and say that I am not so much more threatened uh, by, by other women than, than I am men. I just am. I'm just being honest. And if you're not saying that, either you're very emotionally and uh, self-actualized uh, and mature and done a lot of work, or you're lying. Because I- I'm aware of every up-and-coming young blonde comedian. And guess what? When I click on a video I, that of a new comic <laughs> that's up and coming and really cute and has... A substantial following, and I watch a stand-up clip. I'm secretly crossing my fingers that you're bad, and I'm just I'm just being honest with you. Who wants the new generation that's going to overtake them to be good? I don't. But guess what? They are good. And then you watch it and you go, actually, I'm learning something from this new generation of women. I have to step aside for them. I'm tired. Stand up. To stay great at stand-up, you have to do it every night. It is like the Olympics. I have won silver at the, I'm like a gymnast in the night, in the Olympics in the 90s, female gymnasts in the 90s. They couldn't, I'm not, I I don't know if this is a fact, but I'm guessing they couldn't even make the Olympic team now for what gymnasts are capable of now. That doesn't mean they didn't work as hard. doesn't mean they weren't as good as athletes. It means the game has changed. Women have been empowered to move their bodies in different ways and try different things. The, the, the gymnastics itself is expanding. Comedy itself is expanding. I can't keep up. I don't want to keep up. It's a young person's game. I'm tired. My hymen broke years ago on that balance beam, and I might need to take a step back and let the new back. It's just going to happen. And when the world opens up again, I'm really struggling with moving back to New York. Now that every, that this comedy cellar is open again, there's shows happening there. And I am itching in my bones to get back out there. Not because I want to do stand up, but because I want to stay as good as everyone else. And I don't like that. So I'm trying to fight it. I'm trying to stay in the Cayman islands mentally. And for a couple more weeks after we wrap this shoot until I have to go to LA for another gig. And that's where I'm standing. But I'll tell you this. You got to watch Hysterical. I've only watched the first 45 minutes, but I was just so touched. You think you know what a a documentary about female stand-up is going to be. And I learned things about female stand-ups as one about myself in the documentary that I didn't know. And that's how I feel about that. Noah, any words about it from someone who saw the whole thing? Uh, I, I watched it in, in two sessions because I, I can't sit for two hours. It was a two-hour documentary. But I have to tell you, yeah, you just I can't. was itching to get back to it. It was really well made. It didn't really like feel like it was thinking for me. It just told stories really well. Jessica Kirsten did an amazing job with it. 
And yes, um, it was just really nice to see, you know, to get little peeks into the lives of these amazing female comics. Yeah, it um, it was really special. I learned about my some of my best friends in comedy stuff. I didn't know about them. And you're right. I like that that note. It didn't think for you. It didn't tell you how to feel about everything. But um, but it definitely taught me to have some empathy for myself. Like I always say, whenever you're feeling like mad at yourself and beating yourself up, look at a picture of yourself as a little girl and like say what you would say to that little girl. Like think of yourself as that little girl because you are that little girl. And I I was really emotional about my own story. I was like, oh my God, she's so sad. Like I Lorraine Newman to myself <laughs> later on. So let's bring Andrew in. He hasn't seen it yet, but he's heard me talk about it. We're going to talk about a, a lot of other things on the show today. We got a lot to get to. We're back. We have four shows this week. I'm so excited. I missed you guys, my best friends. Let's get into it. Andrew! Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girl Bomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Well, the weather is getting a lot warmer, and so your wardrobe probably needs an update. I know mine does. And it's so hard when you want to buy new stuff because you want it to last a long time. You want it to look really good, and you want it to like stand the test of time in terms of like fashion. At least that's what I want. And so that's why I love Quince because Quince is all about effortless fashion that looks chic and timeless year round. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk top. They have so many chic jewelry pieces like these globe boho hoops. I love those. You could just blindly click and end up with such wardrobe essentials. They're not wasting your time at Quince. I love the Quince um, dress I got. I'm trying to find it because I want to say the exact name of it, but it's like this long sleeve dress, but it's like a midi skirt. It's so cute. It's like silky feeling. It's just, I've told you about it before. Okay, there's so much cute stuff on here. I got to go and get back to the podcast, but you know what to do. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Nikki for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C Quince.com slash Nikki to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nikki. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, I have the podcast to really vent about stuff that's been bothering me, but even that, I can't say some of the stuff I need to sometimes. And there's certain things you just really can't tell anyone, and that's 
when you need a therapist. They're just there to listen. They can handle it. They've heard it all before. They can tolerate it. And that's why I love therapists. Don't think that you have to get through anything you're dealing with alone. That is not the way being a human works. You need to tell someone, please take this opportunity and check out BetterHelp because they will find you a therapist who will meet your needs. I've benefited so much from therapy of saying the darkest stuff I would never even say in the podcast. And I know you're like, wait a second, you leave dark stuff off the podcast? Yes, I, I get even darker if you can believe it. So if you're starting of thinking giving therapy a try, try through BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And it's online and you can leave your therapist at any point with no questions asked. So this is perfect for someone who's noncommittal, who's scared, um, who's never tried therapy before. Get whatever you've got off your chest. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Nikki Glaser today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Nikki Glaser. All righty, let's get to it. Andrew, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, day. Hi. In the middle of the night. I'm going to ask you how you slept. I slept okay. Yeah, that On was my the- first CD, Billy Joel. I don't know what mine was. My first tape, I think, was... Um, I didn't ask you, so... <laughs> no, I did. I was going to, but you just already jumped I in. I mean, that's how conversation works. Yeah, yeah. You don't you only talk when it. asked a question. All right, that's a good point. Well, I slept great. Thank you for asking. Um, oh, well, I guess we never even got into me no, sleeping. Uh, in the middle of the night, Billy Joel and Amy Grant was also my first uh, CD. What was your first CD? Amy Grant. She was the all-American Midwestern baby, looking. Baby, I'm standing yeah. with the notion, notion to love you with the sweetest something of like the that. ocean. I loved her. Oh, my God. And her Christmas album is like still one of the best. Her and Sheryl Crow had a similar mm, vibe no, a little bit. Amy Grant was always singing about Jesus. You just didn't know it till she came out with some... More pointed records. It's very sneaky, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, and then who did you compare it to? Uh, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl I Crow, guess. yeah. Cheryl Crow was not. I love Cheryl Crow. Oh, my God. She's so sexy. Oh, uh, and she sang with Kid Rock. Oh, my God. You guys have to go watch her. My dad and I watched over the pandemic. She was on Fallon. And we love her, my dad and I. Um, but she was uh, doing Tom Petty's... Uh, um, Let's get to the point. I think it was that one. Let's roll. Another, another joint. I think it was that song. Yeah, you don't know how it feels. It is really hard to watch. I want everyone to watch it. She filmed it like in a shack behind her house. And then she played herself. And she keeps like bringing a keyboard, lugging a keyboard into the frame. And then she'll walk out of the frame. And then she enters through the shed playing a guitar. It's so awkward. It's so... I really recommend everyone watch it because it wasn't good. But I do love Cheryl Crow. just... And this was before COVID. She just mm, yeah, yeah. She was just doing this before COVID. Uh, no, that it was just uh, it was not a great. It was not yeah. This oh my god, look at it. Okay, but so this, n- just jump ahead, Noah. So she's like outside a shed playing guitar, and it sounds okay. Now, oh, then she's sitting with herself, so it's like two of her, but she just keeps like bringing in different equipment, and it's just like doesn't really work. And then she she thinks she's cool. This, it's kind of cut. If you watch it, you guys, you'll realize that Cheryl Crow is cut. And she's wearing a weird outfit. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, at least she tried. I mean, is that in her backyard? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's clearly in her backyard. This looks like the Unabomber. Yeah, it really does look like the Unabomber. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and those chairs she's sitting on look like they were in a, a Inferno and pulled from like rubble. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just not good. Um, but everyone's allowed to fail, including in. myself. You don't even I do it see her. Yeah, it's it's not. Well, she probably shot it alone. Um, and she, but the thing is, she keeps walking off like she's gonna get something, and then she just comes back in with the same guitar. It just like doesn't really work for me. Anyway, what was your first CD? My first tape, I remember more was Beastie Boys. You know the one with girls. All I really want is girls. Dun, 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 dun. In the morning, it's girls. Dun, 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 dun. And in the evening, it's girls. Yeah, that's an easy song for you. You're oh. not a lyric boy, and that one is probably was. <laughs> Noah, what was your first CD or or like album? My first uh, CD was Soundgarden's "Super Unknown" with that song, um, which I used to call Champagne Soup. No, not Champagne Supernova. <laughs> it was the one, it was like Supersonic Black Hole. No, no, it's uh, Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun. But I always yes, used to sing Michael's Sun. 
I don't know why I always thought he was saying Wait. Michael's son. Michael's son, won't, won't you come? You come? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and wash away the rain. Michael's son. Who is Michael's son? And there's like melting people in the MTV video. I loved it. It was so, so creepy. Good. Black hole son. Black hole son. <laughs> All right. It really picks up. Oh, I loved that song. Oh, that's that's to- that's a that's a great one. Um, I love misheard lyrics. I remember watching a Today Show segment when I was a kid. And uh, they said that Matt Lauer was like talking to someone who wrote a book about misheard lyrics. And it was like, count the headlights on the highway. <laughs> and I always picture like headlights on the highway. I had, a, what were some of yours from, do you remember? Like, no, give me one of yours. I had, uh, I got in an argument, like a true argument with my brother over hay jealousy because I thought it was hair jealousy. And I bet him hair jealousy? $20, which was a lot of money. Did you just think they were doing like a pun about like hair gel and jealousy? I wish I was that smart. I know I do too. <laughs> Every day. Every hey, day. I'll get there. <laughs> Give me an hour or a year. Uh, um, hey, wait. jealousy. I love that hey, song. Hey, jealousy. Do you think it'd be all right if I could, could just, just crash your here hair tonight? tonight. <laughs> you say I got no pomade and I need to wet it down. And yes. you know it might not be that bad. I went and get some frosted tips. Thank you. And I wouldn't have gotten them if Pacey did it. Make them so look so cool on Dawson's Creek. Creek. Okay. Yeah, you know the lyric. Yeah. Um, what was your wait? Your first? T- why was it? Do you remember how you got it? Did you go to oh, Sam yeah, Goody? Remem- no, no. I remember getting. Uh, it was Christmas, nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> I got a, a boom. Uh, you know, a boombox with a CD player at the top. I got. Um, I got three albums, Oasis, uh, Amy Grant and, um, Billy Joel, middle of the night or whatever that trilogy, uh, garden of dreams, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe Paul Abdul, I don't know. I, maybe I'm mixing years, but I do remember being like, I'm finally, it's my music and I have taste and I'm creating my, like you become a person where it's like, I'm not listening to my parents shit. They're listening to this Dave Matthews band under the table and dreaming, boring adult music was eventually fall in love with it. And one day in 10th grade or ninth grade, I would be laying on my bedroom floor listening to satellite and something would happen to my vagina that would seal my fate. It turned into a robot. There was something about satellite. I remember laying on my white carpet and it was like satellite. And I was like, I am now obsessed with this and I will never not be. It like hit me. This is really... Your parents were into Dave before yeah. you were oh, into yeah. Dave? Yeah, my, my parents were into Wilco before I was into Wilco. They got me into Wilco. They got me into Dave. They didn't get me into Dave, but they had Dave CDs laying around, so I guess they did. They got me into the Beatles. They got me into uh, Taylor Swift. Just kidding. That was my own doing. But um, yeah, I yeah. mean, they're cooler than I am. Yeah, my dad's music. He got into traveling Wilburys. Will- that was like, you felt, you felt cool listening yeah. to them. Well, it's all right. Right. Yeah, I remember that song. My dad loved that song too. I mean, that was, you know, they just stumbled into that. They loved, um, my parents always used to sing, because my mom and dad are, uh, my dad is a musician and sings, and my when they get a little, uh, they throw a couple back, they like to just stay up all night singing together. And he's really hot. And my, my, my best friend in fourth grade, Kirsten, through middle school, used to think my parents were religious because they were obsessed with what if God was one of us, that Joan Osborne song, which is not, they liked it because it was like actually like kind of an atheist anthem. But Kirsten thought my parents were like, if God was a, yeah, it's a lot of questions. If God had a face, what would would it it be like? Whatever. We're singing a lot on this podcast today. I can't uh, stop. A lot of uh, songs that are against religion, just, if if you don't listen closely, you just assume it's like oh this, this is I all about learn religion. A song with my dad by the Avett Brothers, Avett Brothers. Oh yeah, called True Sadness. It's honestly my favorite song. I actually got the idea from um who's that? Who's the um? There's a fucking journalist who did a Rolling Stone article where Jeff. He, no, it's a journalist that I've become friends with since then through Twitter, and I wanted to brag that I'm friends with him. Anyway, I read a uh, Rolling Stone piece with him where they asked him what his favorite song is. And I love those like celebrity, like just your favorite song. And then I always go listen to the song. And this song, True Sadness by the Avid Brothers is the best song. It's like this happy song, but about like beneath everything, everyone's just so, so, so sad. 
and there and I wanted to learn the song to play with my dad and I wanted to sing it and have him play guitar. This was before I was playing guitar. And there's one line that it was like, even though the kingdom of God is within you, and it says kingdom of God, and my dad was like, I don't want to learn that song. It's about God. And I'm like, it's, it's just, the, the concept of God still exists, dad. People still think there's God. We can still sing about it. So I never got to sing and that maybe song with my dad. Could, and that's why I learned the guitar myself. Maybe he could take that lyric off and let you... Just sing that one yeah. by himself. He Everyone could just mouth should listen it. to that song today. It's so it's it's a cheery song, but it's actually it and it's like that that thing I posted on Instagram where that dinosaur is doing stand up and it's crying. Yeah. And I said it's like every performer. Everyone's just sad underneath everything. It's what inspires us to do everything is like sadness and fear. How'd you sleep last night? Slept on the couch where you're sitting right now. I know you you um why? I don't know. Sometimes I need a TV and some open space and, and there's more down here, I don't know what was going on in my brain. I yeah, just, you I, had a little rough day. We had a long day yesterday on set. Um, worked all day. Yeah, um, I, it was a great day, though. I it think, was such a good day. I like working more than not working. It's just the it's this show is my favorite thing I've ever done, next to Dancing with the Stars. Well, those and this well, podcast, obviously. Well, when is we the best do thing. the, I mean, certain days are more important than others, or just they're bigger for us. Yeah, but those big days that we had yesterday are the best days. Yeah, they're we're fun. just at this amazing house all day long, shooting different scenes, and it's honestly, you guys, I this show is like I can't believe I get to be. This show is my ideal ideal uh, job. Like I've never had a job that fits me more than actually podcasting is my ideal. But in terms of on camera, this job nails it for me. I mean, seeing Flavor Flav every day. I mean, it's he has always been someone that I've wanted in my sphere. Yeah, I know. You always had that clock around your neck. Yeah. I mean, I have <laughs> I wear a sundial around my neck. <laughs> yeah. Um, Because I'm just trying to be green about it. And he respects that. And I just he's just an easy guy to work with. I just love him so much. People sure. are really going to write in being like, are you working with Flavor Flav? And no, I'm not. The gossip but blogs I wish are going to go crazy. They're going to go <laughs> batshit. <laughs> Flavor Flav. Uh, so I slept good last I've I mean I haven't been sleeping great but my voice is on the mend I'm just like feeling a lot of feelings I'm just like enthusiastic all the time I'm just so happy you know I've got like crushes and like when if I've got a crush I am just a little happy camper and if I have a great job on top of that literally nothing is wrong with my life right now I don't even know who that person is where nothing is wrong with my life. I mean, that's, I love to hear that. I really I'm trying do. to think of anything wrong. Um, um, I, um, I, I, I mean, maybe you don't have to search for it. Why do we search for things that are wrong? No, cause it's kind of fun. It's fun to find one, to find the thing that's wrong with your life. And it's so stupid. And then you go, wow, my life is pretty great. If that's the only thing wrong, uh, I, I get spray tan on everything because I'm not getting spray tans. And so I have to paint my body every night and it, so everything I own is orange. That's the only thing going on with my life. And guess what? It's not that bad because I got other people doing my laundry. <laughs> I got to do a Chris Stefano there. It is funny though. If you tried to hide, like it's hard for like, uh, like if a murderer was trying to find you, like he would just follow the tan. Yeah. I mean, you can follow the tan. I mean, I got it on my dress last night. That was supposed to be like a perfect immaculate dress. And my makeup artist, I turned around, my makeup artist goes, <gasps> because the, the the wardrobe stylist is so scared about getting tan on everything. And the makeup artist puts it on. And so she felt responsible, even though it was my fault, I got it on the dress. And Robin goes, <gasps> and I turn around and go, what? And she's like, um, uh, the rack moved. And I'm like, what? And she's like, she straight up lied to my goddamn face. And then Julie, the wardrobe girl, uh, sees it and goes I know there's tan there and Robin's like that's what I was taught that's what I gasped at I'm like why can't you just just pee on it but it was I was like I understand lying in that moment you were scared and I go it's not shit it is tan because it looks like a, a streak of shit it does but yeah. and it could have been last night I'll tell you I, I, I got a little I got like right before we taped I was like I gotta go and then it was one of those that you just like it's not it's not, it reminded me of on Parks and Rec when Andy's character says, doctor, I keep wiping and it's like, it won't stop. It's like, I'm, I'm wiping a marker. <laughs> 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 it always makes me think of that. So How many fun. wipes do you do? Um, I mean, if I'm taking like if most, I would say 90% of my number twos are like barely anything on the first wipe. What? Yeah. I mean, I have really clean 
Uh, we have different assholes, I'll tell you that. Re- really? Uh, How I'm, many wipes I'm, are you looking at? Uh, a lot of a lot licks of to duck that lollipop boy. Uh, I would say... Uh, <laughs> that old owl is like... <laughs> like bites your asshole <laughs> finally just to get to the center oh it'd be great i i don't know i'm probably a good 15 20 mm. do you use wet wipes no because of you the should. environment you said i know you yelled at me them. when just i want put them in the toilet put them in the trash can don't flush no one them. wants shit in the trash can man. just ball, ball it up and stick it at the bottom shittens okay let's get to the news you know, we got some good stories coming up boy you heard it here first you heard it here first, yeah, here first. Did I? Did I hear it here first? What do you got for us, Andrew? Oh, man. I hope, first of all, not only do I hope people are having fun out there, I hope people are having a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Whoa. And also, have all the swells you can have. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, just smile out there. I'm looking at the ocean right now, and I'm looking at swells, I think. is there, Are those swells? Yeah, those are swells. Sweet. Well, those are different swell, kind swells. of swells. They're swell, swells. Swell, yeah. swell. Having swells out there. Swell. Yeah, swell. Yep. Uh, okay, first story, here we go. Amazon apologizes for saying that their workers don't have to pee in bottles. So funny that the fact that Amazon workers peeing in bottles is not the headline itself. It's that Amazon apologizes for not acknowledging that this is a thing that happens all the time. Because they, I guess, someone someone made a statement because they're trying to unionize in, I believe, Alabama. Yes. And they don't. they're not allowing it. And someone made a comment about the uh, about how they make workers pee in wor- water bottles, and they go, "That's just a hearsay. That's not really a story." Amazon was like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, show us proof of that." And then they had all the proof that was like, honestly, like in articles and like you know, <laughs> substantiated. Is that a word? I don't know. It's a big word. It is a word <laughs> that I could have made up. Does it work here? Who knows? Is a made up word still a word? I think so. Hey, substantiated. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, Amazon, I feel like Amazon's in the news every day for people just like talking shit about it. It's like constantly like, talk to an Amazon worker on the show. If you're an Amazon worker, write into the show, uh, the Nikki Glazer podcast at Gmail and, um, don't give us like guys, if you're writing into the show, let's, let's keep it a little bit shorter if you can, just because we get a lot of mail and uh, like one paragraph would be perfect, like five sentences. And then, um, if we need more information, we can follow up and get more from you, but you can just keep it short that way. It just assures that we'll read your thing. Cause when we get a huge letter, it's like, we look at that and we go, Oh, that's probably a death threat of some sort. And then we, we just move on. Cause what we don't know won't kill us. Yes, it could. Also, it was sent with newspaper cutouts. Yeah, which stop would take... doing that. It's, it takes too long. You got to scan it. Just type a couple sentences. <laughs> you're and scanning it? Well, to send it digitally, you got to scan it. And that's all you got to buy a scanner or you got to get the scan app. And it's just a whole process. And there's in, in-app purchases. And you don't want to get beholden to something that you're only going to use once. And you're going to pay for it down the road because you don't cancel your subscription. You get it. So I do like that this guy's combining old school with new school, though. Yeah, he faxes us stuff too and we didn't even give out a fax number so anyway if you work at amazon we'd like to hear from you i want to hear what's going on in there what is it andrew jeff bezos has such a punchable face oh my god does he ever i mean he probably has the most punchable face on he Earth. looks like one of those dolls you would blow up and like you punch them and they like rock back and come back he looks like dr evil if he did abs like worked out oh god i think you know what's <laughs> annoying about this that that annoys me about what is, is that skilled workers versus unskilled workers, that whole thing of like, well, they're replaceable, so we could have them just pee and like, we don't have to care about them. No, or they're, they're not worth anything because they're unskilled workers. I am workers. so sick of, uh, you know, just people not being paid enough for jobs because rich people are so fucking greedy. I read a tweet today that said, I don't mind paying h- higher taxes to help out people who make less money than me, but I have a big problem paying higher taxes because people who are richer than me don't want to pay them. Mm. And it's so true. Go fuck yourself if you're rich. I understand wanting to accrue wealth, and I understand as someone who has more money than I need myself, I'm speaking as one of those people, it's disgusting. that. And I look forward to paying more taxes. I literally do, and I think that I should. I need to give more of my wealth away. Everyone should. I know you're like, but I have children. You don't need $10 million for your three children. They'll be okay. Guess what? The world ain't going to be around that much longer. So they don't need that much. I'm just tired of all these excuses of wanting to have more wealth. Don't you already, what, what, what more do you need? 
Andrew, do you want to speak to this side of things? I know we've already talked about this before, but yeah, no, I mean it's getting. I'm, why can't look, minimum wage think, be twenty five dollars and we all take a little bit of a pay cut? Because I don't think that the business could be profitable if you pay that much. That's all. But oh, yes, yes, it could be. Honestly, McDonald's just acknowledged that if they raise the minimum, I was looking at headlines. If they acknowledge that they raised their um, uh, wages, they would still be profitable. They just like found that research. I don't know if they're going to do anything with it. The issue, the other thing, the the economic yes, no. issue. If I could just put in Please. my, uh, you know, like what I've been reading is that yeah, Amazon could certainly afford to increase their wage, and so could McDonald's. But then, what do the smaller businesses who like aren't as profitable? And na- like global, like Amazon and McDonald's raise their what you prices, raise their prices. Oh, and then the people and that, then it affects the local and everything goes up who can't afford to pay. All right. Well, I don't this isn't Freakonomics, you guys. And so I'm talking out of turn. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of angry emails that are up to five sentences long about why I'm wrong. But probably from if my you're brother. Rich, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be giving more money. Ten percent of your money you should give to charity at least ten percent or me. Um, um what what do you do you think you like should. but here's the thing with amazon we could all just stop shopping there um I, that's the, that's what i wanted to get into i is haven't bought also, is that, anything from amazon in over a year and a half i'm very proud of myself wow no, that is horn. awesome seriously it is so hard to cut down on amazon i am absolutely addicted to the fast um getting whatever i want very quickly i try to now look for things elsewhere. I'm not great about it. I am probably down, um, I would say 60% with my Amazon orders. And I was going to say 80, but I wanted to be honest with you guys. It is probably down 60%. I can do better. But Robin, my makeup stylist, just got these really cute tank tops. And I was like, where the hell did you get those? Those are perfectly fitting. And she was like, Amazon. And I was like, fuck. I was very late to Amazon. I didn't. I didn't shop at Amazon until this have year. Have you ever gotten a bottle of piss from Amazon? <laughs> I did. It was. They have the best. They They're really fresh. have good piss. Yeah, it's fresh. And it's, it's right like there. Filled with like just stress hormones and sleeplessness, and it's really um, viscous. You know what I love about it is you order it. It's there in thirty minutes. They're just standing outside with your piss. Yeah, it's. They just toss it in your yard. I when mean, they're driving by. It's just... I, Pissing we- in a bottle. And by the way, these are all men. Because women cannot piss in a goddamn Gatorade bottle, even if you're giving us a bigger hole with Gatorade. I'm talking about a water bottle. Most of the time, guys can put their little pee hole up against Why it. Why can't a woman? Because we don't know where our pee hole really comes from. It is <laughs> like a leak on a cave. It just kind of comes out. It's like a, a, a Jesus statue crying in, in you know, You can't blood finger yourself and feel your hole, where the hole no, comes from. No. Noah? I pee hole. I just know that it comes from down there. Is it? It's definitely below the clit. Obviously, yes. clit's like the top part. Can we? Can we figure from, this out? It's this the week? urethra, but it's like literally like a little slit. It's like a crack that you wouldn't be able to see. Like uh, I mean, I'm sure you'd be able to see, but I just haven't gotten that close in. No, my point though is like if you have a Gatorade bottle, yeah, you can put the piss is still like thin. You don't have reason, like a wide you pee piss. unless you have a strong stream. It kind of just like splatters it, it comes out as soon as it comes out of the hole it sticks to the sides you know when you have like a um a leak in a ceiling and it kind of tr- the, the water travels <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the right and then drips that's w- if you're and when you're peeing in front of people or into a bottle it's really hard to come out of the gate with a full stream um and like a powerful stream it usually trickles and then you have a big old mess let's get to the next story <laughs> Have you ever tried it, by the way? Yeah, I've had to do it when I was um, stuck in traffic. And how did that? You piss all over the car? Uh, no, because we had a, a really big cup, a big gulp. <laughs> <laughs> but but you'll be surprised how quickly you fill up a, a cup and how much pee, because you have no idea how much you're pissing when it's just into a toilet. Old big gulp pussy glazer. Yep. <laughs> they, all right, next door. Here we go. Hey, you having fun? I hope so. Uh, I hope people are having a great time out there. <laughs> they needed a study to well, figure out that men with psychopathic tendencies are better at faking remorse and tricking people into gaining their trust. Yes. So they did a study where they had uh, a bunch of men on a college campus, thousands, um, do a study where they had to um, tell a story where they hurt someone uh, and then they had to apolo- f- fake an apology for it. Noah, was that right? Uh, so they. they f- 46 men participated and recorded themselves on video telling a story where they showed remorse. 
and the 1,600 college students watched the videos. Oh, watched it. Okay. So they had 46 men, and then they also had those men take um, a psychopath test or, like, a rating along a psychopath. So these weren't, like... These were men with that had psychopathic tendencies. I think out of 46 people, you'd be lucky to find a psychopath. But we all are, guys. I guess, on a sliding scale. The men that were more psychopathic were better at faking remorse, which uh, psychopaths, I don't believe, are capable of, even that emotion. But they're so good at being manipulative and getting what they want and uh, exploiting people that they have actually um, – and – the people that rated psychopaths or like rated, rated all these guys based on like how f- true they felt their remorse was the psychopaths not only um, came out as like the ones that seemed most earnest, but they were able to deceive a m- more, the, the people ranking these people, the, the thousands of college students watching these videos also took a personality test to measure their emotionality and how emotional they are. And emotional women were more deceived by psychopaths than normal people that have a regular emotionality. So it's almost like uh, biologically psychopaths have been uh, wired to take advantage of emotional women more than anyone else. So ladies, watch out. What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Um, I'm not sure, but a sociopath is often, um, it's also called, now I think the proper term for it is antisocial personality disorder. And I don't think psychopaths necessarily are violent, although male psychopaths are much more common and and just more uh, diagnosed. It's not that they're more common because a psychopathic trait is violence and women aren't as prone to violence. So much like ADHD or any kind of personality disorder, they, they display different ways in, in uh, women. So here we have that some experts see sociopaths as hot-headed. They act without thinking how others will be affected. Psychopaths are more cold-hearted and calculating. So um, sociopaths don't have as much control, it seems, as psychopaths. And um, they carefully plot their moves and use aggression in a planned out way to get what they want. Okay. So. um, Wow. Psychopaths seem to do more homework. Yeah. Psychopaths are uh, probably a little bit more intelligent and um, just, I mean, I read this one book called like uh, The Mind of a Psychopath or Confessions of a Psychopath. And it's this woman who wrote a book as anonymously as a psychopath and it opens with her torturing an animal. I mean, these are like the things that it was so, and then I watched this video. You guys got to watch it. It's like an interview with a, someone who has a te- uh, antisocial personality disorder. It's this black guy. It's this kid who interviews really interesting people, burn victims, just people with like weird facial disfigurements, people with like crazy personality disorders. And he interviews them very blatantly. I forget his name. Um, but if you look it up and you look up an interview with antisocial personality disorder, you'll find it. It's this black guy that is like talking very bluntly, to the camera answering all these questions. It's fascinating. He just goes, yeah, I mean, I, I don't do it. I'm, I'm a sociopath pretty much, but I, I don't feel things. I rarely feel things. And everything I do is in order to make my life better. So I, I'm not capable of romantic love, but if, I meet a woman who loving her and giving her the love she needs makes my life better than I can do it. But I'm never going to actually have human love for her the way other people need it. But also that doesn't mean that a woman can't love a a sociopath because maybe someone just needs someone to act love. Like love languages, people go, oh, like if if my love language is touch and we're a couple and you don't really like touching, but you give that to me because I need it. How is that not sociopathic? Because you're not really actually enjoying the touch. You're doing it to make me happy, which will then make you happy, right? Uh, no, I see what you're saying with that. I think, like, like is being a psychopath, if they're calculated and they're only doing things for their own selfish gain, but it's somehow, like, nice to you? <laughs> then it, you yeah, know, like, you can, like, it can actually be, be a good positive stuff. psychopath. Like, I think we put psychopaths in bad light. <laughs> you know, let's, it, let's start they, they, let's start loving psychopaths. I think they're incurable, too. So <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of empathy for psychopaths, even though that's something they can't feel. All right, so let's get to why do I care? Why do you care? Why do I care? Why do I care, Andrew? All What's right. our story today? Kate Winslet says she knows at least four actors hiding their sexuality due to homophobia in Hollywood. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I would figure it'd be more. 
there's just common, there's just, when you move to Hollywood, you just find out a couple things, you know? You, you, you get, when you get in the business, your eyes are open to these, uh, these secrets that are just, everyone knows the truth, but everyone just turns a blind eye to it. So there's, uh, there's definitely closeted men. It's almost, it's, I would say every male actor is rumored to be gay at one point or another. And then, uh, I would say 90% of those rumors are true. 90%? I'm kidding oh. with that number, but, um, oh. <laughs> it's, you'd be shocked. The, the people I've heard of were gay. I just can't even... Believe. And if you want to, if you want to read who's speculated, go to the Reddit um, thread about this. There's a news story on Reddit that I, this is where I found this news story. And in the comments are just stories upon stories about who they who they know and all these stories about who's who's gay. And, and you know, it's it's none of our business, truly. But the reason they the reason they're closeted is because you know. You know, actors and theater, like everyone supports gay people. Hollywood's very like loves gay people, but for big box office actors, studios are fucking terrified to put a gay lead in because as a romantic lead or whatever, it's just it's that's too much of a risk for them for whatever reason. And um, and it's pretty sad that these actors have to like just live these. They 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 love their their. Um, art more than you know or fame being truly who they really are so they have to like sneak around which by the way sneaking around can be very hot but what but it would be a tor- torturous way to live I, and i feel really bad for people who are closeted well it's, yeah i mean especially with paparazzi like you couldn't go out to dinner with your boyfriend that's or your the thing, husband there's like or your whatever this guy on reddit was saying that he watches all these or he listens to a podcast a paparazzi podcast and all these paparazzi just talk about how this one actor has all these boyfriends driving him around and like it's they're not drivers because they're all a type of boy and they're all a type of guy and it's like a type of car that wouldn't be a driver's car and it's like they just know he's gay and they don't like they're also tell anyone giving each other road hand which and is paparazzi cool. are not gonna imply that someone's gay because if they and no magazines by the way you go, why doesn't Us Weekly break with the story that this actor is gay when all these paparazzi have seen him be gay a million times? And it's because Us Weekly, if that if they come out and say that actor is gay, that actor's publicist will never let them have their other clients. Mm. So then they'll get cut off from Beyonce and other clients that they have. So no one's willing to break someone's... And, and that's that's like you a huge no-no, obviously, to out someone. And it's also like they're just good people. Yeah, yeah. Paparazzi are really actually the ones Us that weekly. I've encountered are good people. They're just like photographers that you know just realize, oh, I can make a lot of money doing this this thing. Yeah, I it, it it's just nice so that they have good hearts at Us Weekly and that they you know. I mean, everyone's trying their best, and <laughs> I, I feel bad for it's yes, but they're not. You know, you, you gotta. Why do we care so much about someone's sexuality? It's like do whatever the fuck you want, and then because sex separate is it with your stupid brain. Sex you- is fascinating, and secrets are fascinating, and gossip is fascinating, and celebrities are fascinating because it's it, it's people we all know. It's like you know, it's like family. You know, it's like ha- there's it's it's insane that a whole globe can know one person like it's like your uncle you know like and have this kind of relationship with them so that's why celebrities are fun they bring us together like we're all family you think they're aging and stuff we gotta go to the next segment okay next it's time for listener mail you guys send it in we kind of read it or at least noah does she found some goodies for us let's get into it thanks for writing in you can write in uh anything you want uh advice uh comments questions just uh confessions we got a kuh. Guys, kuh is really catching on. Um, I love it so much when I hear it said. I heard uh, people in this gr- the, Whoever sent this in nailed it. So someone said, our listener, this is the bestie, said, I can't remember how kuh was spelled. Listen, spelled however you want. It's C-O-U apostrophe H-L, but <laughs> close enough. Regardless, when I was 22, I bought a Gucci watch that I couldn't afford. It was like $1,000. My self-esteem was such that when I would go out to the bar or wherever, I would sit with my wrist kind of out in a prominent (laughs) position so that hopefully people would notice and give me a compliment. Sincerely, a best friend. Uh, I love that you knew you were co. We've all been that way where you like try to show off this new thing you got. You idiot spent $1,000 on a watch. That's Oh my God, Andrew, you relate to this, right? Yeah, dude, I spent $4,500 on a Panerai watch that was 40 millimeters, which is gigantic. What? Gigantic. 
When did you get a watch for $4,500? I did very well. for. Th- I told you for three days I was very rich. $4,500? What'd you do with the watch? Um, Actually, I got it on sale because my buddy's a diamond dealer. So I got it for like $3,700. And okay. then I went broke. And then I owed the government a ton of money. I had to sell the watch. And I actually made about $400 on the watch. It was my nice. only good investment. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I used to, I know exactly what this person, you would wear sure the watch. you like read somewhere that watches got chicks or like something happened where a guy, you saw a guy with a watch and well, a my girl two, like was blowing My two blowing best friends in. that were like very successful and hot had the Panerai. So I was like, once I got money, I got yeah. the Radomir Panerai and I was freaking feeling myself. And you know what it did for my sex life? Uh, nothing. Yeah. I do love a good watch, though, on a guy, but you can't have dirty shoes in a watch. Like, a watch isn't going to save you unless everything else is kind of tight. Well, that's what guys do. They rock a Rolex, and then they dress like shit, and then they're like, I'm rich, but I'm also like, fucking whatever, dude. Someone told me to get a Rolex recently. I told you 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 have, people are like steering me towards Rolexes. I think... I would, you can get it insured, I know, and it would be fine, but I feel like I would get it damaged, I would lose it, and I also think it's just so stupid to spend that much money on a thing that, honestly, you wear a watch that's your great-grandfather's watch? Just a grandpa. No, he wasn't The other day I asked Andrew what the time was, (laughs) and he goes, I don't have my phone on me. I go, you have a watch on you, and he goes, it doesn't work. Yeah, that app doesn't work on the watch. He was just using his, and I go, can you, are you DMing on that watch? Like, what's happening? Why is that watch? It was just for luck. I mean, it was just a bracelet at the point. You were wearing a bracelet with hands. Yeah, well, here's the thing. The watch works, but I have to wind it every couple but days. it doesn't matter whether or not you have to wind it. When you were wearing it, it did not work. It did not serve a function other than just being a bracelet. So you were wearing a bracelet. Yeah, my grandpa's bracelet. Well, Look, glad it we said a lot that. Thank me. you for your cut. That was a great cut. Also, we got a, a letter from the Netherlands because we know where that is. <laughs> um, this is Dear Nikki, N- Andrew, and Noah. Since we're best friends now, and Nikki mentioned that she wanted to visit the Netherlands, let me plead Nikki and Andrew to please come do a show in Amsterdam. You'd love it here. The crowd is very international. On a personal note, I've been a fan of Nikki since I saw her on The Fix is a Netflix show. And last year I got diagnosed with incurable cancer and oh Nikki's daily God. podcast really helped me a lot. Even though our troubles were very different, I felt a strong connection. Thank you so much. I'm really glad there is a new podcast and it's great that Noah and Andrew are now part of the conversation. You three make a great team. Love, Jeroen. P.S. Holland is a part of the Netherlands. The country is officially named the <laughs> Netherlands. Actually, Kingdom of the Netherlands. But WTF is what he says. Um, Jerowyn, I don't know if you're a boy or a girl, but I am so sorry about your incurable cancer. And it sounds like you have a great positive attitude. And that's got to be a fucking mind fuck to just know that you have something that's going to take you out one day. Um, and I'm really sorry for that. But um, I am very inspired by the tone of your letter. And thank you for relating to the podcast I did over the summer in which... Literally, I thought I kind of had a terminal illness, to be honest with you, because a lot of ways depression can seem that way. Like I this is going to kill me eventually, you know, so I don't know if you're referring to that as what you related to. But um, thank you so much for writing in. Do you want to say anything to this person? Just that. uh, Thanks for clearing up the Netherlands thing. And sorry about your cancer. (laughs) You asshole. (laughs) No, no. You know, Jerwin loved that. No, no. Jerwin, I I know he loved that. And. Okay. I'm, I like it is amazing because I think if I had incurable, I couldn't write an email like this. That was like I know that's your biggest fear. Have write an email. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Yes. All right. Uh, we got to get to the next one. This is an advice. We'll give some advice. She says, I'm a 27-year-old girl who hasn't had sex for the past year and four months. Year and four months. My celibacy isn't for religious reasons. More so. The fact that I'm tired of sleeping with guys who just don't care about me and eventually go shortly after hooking up. Girl, I feel ya. <laughs> That's why I haven't had sex since June of 2019. And that was only with an ex-boyfriend who I already knew was not going to ever love me. And before that, the last time I, I vulnerably had sex with someone new was probably like eight years ago. So my, she says my best friend is recently single and has a handful of short, short-term hookups and had a handful of short-term hookups immediately after. Since January, she's had a bit of a dry spell. She keeps complaining how she hasn't had sex in such a long time. And it's getting annoying hearing about her complain because it happens often. She always prefaces the comment like, I know you're the last person I should be complaining to, but 
I want to be a good friend and a sounding board, but it's getting frustrating for me to hear about her dry spell when I've been struck in this, but when I've been stuck in the Sahara for well over a year. Have you ever had to deal with something like this? Any tips from me, Rebecca? Oh, Rebecca, I hear you, and I think you should still keep your plan to not sleep with people who don't care about you because, as I've said a million times before, men after they orgasm, especially if it's vaginal penetration, they definitely, their interest for you goes down a lot and it'd be best to wait until a man, you know a man loves you, like truly loves you romantically, however that feels to you, before you let him inside you because you are risking abandonment afterwards and it's not even their fault. They're biologically wired to abandon us after they come because we're all wired to be like, you know, on the great plains, living in tribes and a guy to comfort you and cuddle you after he comes is a waste of his uh, energy as a caveman or whatever. So it's not their fault that men get turned off after they come, but we have to go into sexual relationships knowing that that is a, a huge possibility. And for me, it's become like I am terrified of men coming at, at my hand because I don't. I want to be abandoned because it's happened so many times where we even joke about it beforehand. Like, hey, you're probably going to not like me after this. And they're like, yeah, right. Oh. And then afterwards they still shut down. It's, it's like, I have been traumatized by it. So I, I get where you're at, but, um, so but what about I think, her friend, but the friend thing, just tell your friend, be honest with your friend, say, listen, friend, I, when you constantly preface things with, I know you're the last person I should be talking, that really feels bad to me. Just speak from your feelings to your friend and your friend will probably get defensive because she doesn't understand her feelings. But, um, I think just, and I think you should have an open discussion about why you've been waiting and maybe why your friend should maybe do the same thing and not be trying to fill her holes to fill a hole in her soul and um and get the get the book uh uh uh, what's it called getting to i do and read that together and learn about why uh why it's so hard to get a man to commit and learn how to actually get a man to commit it's called getting to i do and it's by dr pat allen and i think create a book club with this girl but a, a friend constantly bragging or like talking complaining about things that you like if incurable cancer cancer writer had a friend that was constantly you know complaining about a uh, a canker sore that's just a lack of empathy and a friendship that you would probably expect so you just need you need to be honest and i know that's scary because your friend might go well i'm i can't even be honest with you it's just like what i'm feeling well then that's probably not a good friend if they're not going to hear you out andrew what do you think i think uh she should fuck me all right well, thank you to our listeners for writing in. Um, final thought, Andrew. Any final thoughts for the show so far? I mean, I, I, I uh, yeah, it was a great show. A lot of singing. It was a fun roller coaster of a show. And, Did you uh, get fingered on this roller coaster? I mean, have we talked about that on the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fear. Fear, bro. I, uh, yeah, no, this is a great show. I love hearing back from the listeners. I really do. I, so I think fun. it's like, it, it makes me feel more connected to them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're not just speaking into the ether. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there are people listening that, you know, with incurable cancer and they're laughing from us. Like that one lady put a post up of, uh, you know, her during chemo, they're listening to us and laughing. That was really and, sweet. Yeah, a woman, yeah. yeah, she was getting chemo and she was like, oh, I'm listening to the Nikki Laser podcast. And it was so touching. And I said to Andrew, I go, that's so sweet that I, I go, it's funny though. I bet a lot of listeners are going through worse things than that when they're listening, you know, just like in the car with their screaming kids, like just staring despondently at the pavement ahead of them as they drive and contemplate. Like, or they have like a canker sore. <laughs> or, yeah. No, but I mean like, you know, chemo, we always go, oh my God, that's the worst thing. And then, I'm not to b- say that it's not, it's obviously like so terrible, but I think that a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're going through like a job that is just sucking their soul or they're sitting across from a husband who's playing video games who doesn't love them anymore and they feel like they need to leave or they're a wife who just hates your guts and is probably cheating on you. Like people are going through terrible things while they're listening to us all the time and I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Podcasts get me through such terrible times when I'm depressed and um, I, I listen to us when you're happy, listen to us when you're depressed, write to us. I love you so much, besties. Yeah, and also, like, chemo's 
terrible. No, I'm. I'm I was. No, making I a know. Joke I'm being. I'm I mean, Kimo's I'm fucking kidding. awful, and I. My heart goes out to Shannon, to, our listener. I. I loved her so much. I um. It was because my dad was a cancer doctor. Yeah. I would see. I, I had to work there over the summer, and you know how oh. much of a hypochondriac I am, and yeah. I would have to. That must have been so hard for you working with people with cancer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seeing like people no, with, it's on terrible. chemo, yeah, like it, and my dad it's went through chemo. Uh, so I'm just trying to play the victim here, so yeah, I could get laid by that girl who hasn't been laid in a year. Oh, I think you're mixing up our our. Call. Oh, oh, you were. Oh, the, I thought you were talking about the the person who might be who, a girl who has incurable cancer. Like, yeah. yeah, no, not her. I know. Although I would, I would fuck. I fuck yeah. that person too. Listen, if your make a wish is to bang Andrew Colin, we can make it happen. Oh, Listen, man. we are not making fun of cancer here. We are only making jokes because life is so fucking terrible. And if you can't laugh, how are you going to get through it? Um, I love you guys. I hope you're all healthy and safe. And um, thank you for being our best friends. Yeah, thank you for being our best friends. See you and, tomorrow. And hit me up if you're Sahara girl. Oh my <laughs> That's not her name. She's dry as a Sahara. Her name was Rebecca. She's dry as the Sahara. Rebecca Sahara hit Andrew up uh, and uh, he'll take a gander at your profile or I'll talk shit to your friend that's being a fucking bitch best friend best friend looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results but also empower you with a sense of complete control enter Conair Girlbomb your secret weapons for smooth sleek results made just for women from the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.